Let's take a look at this together. Oh, this is, I want to start in Hebrews chapter 13. And of course, we're looking at the Living Bible, and we're going to get down to a verse that says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. But let's watch this. Uh, look at verse 5. He says, stay away from the love of money. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, uh, um, I guess I just need to learn how to be poor. No, it's, it's the love of money. There's a big difference. All you think about is money. Now, if you don't have a job or whatever, you need a job. But that doesn't mean the love of money, okay? Watch what he says. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never, never fail you or forsake you. Now, we've heard that phrase. That's a good Christian phrase. I'll never, I think King James, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's referencing money. Hallelujah. So if you're faced with a bill or something or how you're going to make it, don't worry. Remember, Jesus said something else one time. You can't serve God and money. And he wasn't saying you can only choose God and forget it. You have to be poor. That's so silly. If you read the Bible, I know we do. Man, uh, even well, Abraham was like, you would want to say filthy rich. He was. Woo. And it was the Lord. Because Abraham lifted up his hand one time in front of a bunch of kings. and Because they were trying to say, we'll give you some money for what you did in this battle and whatever. And just give us the people. And Moses, not Moses, but God... Abraham said, I lift my hand toward heaven that no man will ever say they made Abraham rich. Now, he lifted his hand toward who? Toward God. So God was the one that had blessed Abraham. And of course, he did. And it's so interesting that you can get to Abraham so fast in the book of Genesis. It's just Adam and Eve, and then all of a sudden, a bunch of genealogies, things were going downhill very fast. It was the flood. Right after the flood, boom, you see Abraham, the 12th chapter of Genesis. And then it goes all the way to the 40th chapter, something like that. No, actually, nearly 50. Okay, so stay away from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never, never fail you nor forsake you. And, you know, it's funny. As you trust in the Lord, like Phil was talking about, Bob was talking about, even Dustin. You just see it. You're like, praise the Lord. He's doing this. That's why we can say without any doubt or fear, the Lord is my helper. Now, look at that. In context, helper is connected to money. Praise the Lord. And you know how this stuff will drive you crazy if you're worried about your money. And I am not afraid of anything that mere man can do to me. Remember your leaders who have taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and and try to trust the Lord as they do. Now here's the next verse, which is uh, Jesus. I wish he would be the same. No, wait, it says he is. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, this right here is what we deal with all the time. It's like your mind sometimes because maybe circumstances or different things or whatever, it just gradually degrades our confidence that we think that the Lord is here. And that's the reason you've got to come back to what the book says. Jesus is the same yesterday, today. Well, I know the Lord will help me tomorrow, so today I'm on. No, He will help you right now. Psalm 46 1, He is a very present help. Okay, so anyway, look at this. He says, So don't be attracted by strange new ideas. Look at this. Your spiritual strength comes as a gift from God. Look at this. Not from ceremonially, ceremonial rules about eating certain foods, a method which, I love this in the Living Bible, by the way. Hadn't helped those who've tried it. <laughs> you, know, you know, I need to jump through certain hoops to get God to help me. No, you don't. Dustin came over yesterday, and this is how things work. Uh, it, it, 
He was over. We visited a while. Then he was going to hop in the hot tub. Well, I went out the back door to go uh, uh, check on my dog or whatever out there. And you know what Dustin's out there doing? He's listening to some preacher on the radio. Well, he knows that preacher. I know him too. And that guy's just like what we're doing here now, teaching the word. He's showing that he's putting his trust in the Lord. That's the reason all these great things are happening to him and great things are happening to you because he and I and all of us, we believe Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And not any of our going without food or trying to make God really love us so much. No, just ask the Lord for his help and he will. Now, Let's go see a real live incident here of Jesus Christ. Okay, now let's see what he does. This is, and of course, these are here for our, um, our own benefit all the time. I want to pick one out right in the book of Matthew. We'll go straight to chapter 8, and look what happened. Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the hillside. Now, today, we have made Christianity almost like, well, I'm not going you know, because of the things we hear and we think Jesus will do. He's definitely not the same one we know in the Bible. We, we, we have actually have been, sometimes we might tell ourselves or we hear other people say, well, don't count on the Lord to do this. Don't count on, man, are you, we have to count on the Lord. We just need to turn that off when we hear that. Now, look at the excitement in the Living Bible. First off, large crowds are following him. Now, why? Well, <laughs> I mean, Jesus was helping everybody at once. He really was. Verse 2, look. See, the King James says, behold, but we don't say behold. When your friends come in the door and other people are with you, we don't go behold. No, we say, hey, look, the dog did this or whatever. Look, a leper is approaching. Now that is, uh-oh, a leper. He kneels before him, worshiping. Sir, the leper pleads, if you want to, you can heal me. Now he only isolated it to if you want to. Well, we just found out the Lord is my helper. And this leper knew, too. He knew he would. Jesus touches the man. That's like a no-no. He's like a leper? Oh. He says, be healed. And instantly, the leprosy disappeared. Yeah, but Richard, you don't really... Now, I'm not going to rewrite the Bible for my sake or your sake. No, no, no. We're going to leave it just like it is. I do think Jesus is the same. Yes, and you need to think the same thing, too. Verse 4, Jesus says to him, uh, don't stop to talk to anyone. Go right over to the priest and be examined and take with you the offering required by Moses' law. You can find that in the book of Leviticus or it's, uh, it's numbers or whatever. It was just a couple of doves or whatever back in those days. Uh, for those who are healed, a public testimony of your cure. I mean, boy, Jesus is like, this stuff's going to stay because he's saying, go make it public now. When Jesus arrived at Capernaum, this is verse 5, a Roman army captain came and pled with him to come home and heal his servant boy who was paralyzed and racked with pain. I mean, I know y'all been watching Bob been rubbing his arm. I mean, I've got things I've been itching about too, whatever. Or my neck has been hurting me for a long time. I mean, I, I woke up with a crick in my neck about not quite two months ago. And I went to my chiropractor and he helped or whatever and and anyway, and, and I tell you what, this thing kept lingering and lingering, and I thought it was one of those things that's going to last forever. But because of what I read in the Scriptures, I have to trust the Lord that it, no, it's not. And I'm telling you now, I've been waking up all this week and part of last week, and it's gone. And I, I who am I going to thank? That's the Lord. So anyway, this Roman officer says, hey, I've got a servant, and he's paralyzed. Well, you know, Jesus could have said, well, now look, you don't, we, let's just talk about you. 
because I really think there's some things in your life. Let's don't worry about this paralyzed uh, servant of yours. You've got some, you've got some uh, problems with your own spiritual life. No, Jesus doesn't even touch that. And you know, we all have problems with our spiritual life. Jesus says, I will come and heal him. Oh yeah, he's paralyzed. He's toast. His network in his back, his, his neurological nerves are shot. I mean, he's, he's in a wheelchair driving it with a, a toothpick or however you see him do it today. You know, that, you can't do anything about that. Well, Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. Wow. Then the officer said, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not worthy to have you come home. Now think about how this would affect us today. Because this guy's ultimately going to say, Jesus, you don't even have to come to my house. You can do it from there. It isn't necessary for you to come. If you will only stand here and say, be healed, my servant will get well. And I know because I am under authority of my superior officers. See, he's a colonel or whatever. you know. And I have authority over my soldiers. And I say to one, go. And he goes to another, come. And he comes. And to my slave, boy, do this or that. And he does it. And I know you have authority to tell his sickness to go, and it will go. Jesus stood there amazed, turning to the crowd. He said, I haven't seen faith like this in the land of Israel. Well, what did he do? Now, remember what he did. He came right to the Lord, just like Phil's testimony was. He made a decision, I need your help, you know. And praise God, that's exactly what happened. Well, you know what happened. This guy was healed. Uh, I want to skip on down here. Go down to verse 14. Jesus went to Peter's house. His mother-in-law was in bed with a high fever. Jesus touched her hand. The fever left her. She got up. Verse 16. Look how he's the same all day. He didn't quit part of the day and quit. This is still the same. Several demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. And when he spoke a single word, all the demons fled. And all the sick were healed. This was fulfilled by the prophet Isaiah. He took our sicknesses and bore our diseases. Now, this is in Isaiah chapter 53. You can look this up later, but just think a minute. That's still in your Bible. He took our sicknesses and bore our diseases. You can always plan on recovering. No, listen, don't ever lose hope where uh, your body's concerned. He'll actually help you out. Okay, uh, now let's go over to the last place I want to go here. And... That was Jesus. So let's see Jesus uh, again here in the life of uh, King David. And uh, just one chapter right here we're going to look at. Let me get to it. It's in 2 Samuel chapter 7. And uh, anyway, David finally, Saul died. He got killed in battle. David did not like that. Remember, David was, I mean, he loved King Saul. Anyway, Saul's already passed away, and uh, all the kingdom is now, uh, well, like he says, there was peace here in the land. And uh, so I guess that's, that's, that's enough I'm going to say about that. Anyway, everything was all calm, so watch what happens. When the Lord finally sent peace upon the land, and Israel was no longer at war with the surrounding nations, David said to Nathan the prophet, Look, I'm living in this beautiful cedar palace while the ark of God is out in the tent. Now, Whoa, wait a minute. Now, we know David loves the Lord. Now, look where he's at. I'm living in this beautiful cedar palace. And I want to remind you one time, it's actually coming up. Uh, David has a festival. Uh, well, it's actually, the, I think it's the Passover or one of them. Uh, everybody, the whole nation shows up. David blesses every family in the kingdom. He gives them 
some wine. He gives them a package of figs and stuff. And then he gave them something else. I forgot what it was. Every family in Israel. And it wasn't like there was just a half a dozen families. Mercy. Okay. Because remember, David's king and he's living off of the blessings that are coming to the people because the, you know how it works in a kingdom. All right, verse 3. Go ahead, Nathan said, with what you have in mind, for the Lord's with you. But that night the Lord said to Nathan, he said, hold on, I didn't want you to tell him that. I want you to tell him something else. So verse 5. Tell my servant David not to do it, for I have never lived in a temple. My home has been... Uh, a tent ever since the time I brought Israel out of Egypt and I have never complained to Israel's leaders the shepherds of my people have I ever asked them why haven't you built me a beautiful cedar temple you know and you don't think about that the Lord's not asking you to do any great things for him he's not he's not he knows how to talk to you and he's if he needs something from you he'll ask you but I tell you what we're always going to be in the hole with God he's always outdoing us Verse 8, now go and give this message to David from the Lord uh, of heaven. Now this is such, now remember we have the details, not so we can ask David, how did you feel when you, when you heard that? This belongs to us. All these things belong to us. Now give this message to David from the Lord of heaven. I'm going to remind you another scripture, uh, we look at it later, but there's a scripture that says the sure mercies of David. In other words, they belong to us. So that means this is ours. Okay. I chose you to be the leader of my people Israel when you were a mere shepherd, tending your sheep in the pasture land. Do you think about your beginning? It's not because you were such a great person or whatever. I have been with you wherever you have gone and have destroyed your enemies. That meant those lions and bears too, long before he got into battle with the Philistines and other uh, nations. I will make your name greater yet. Now he's talking about us, okay? So that you will be one of the most famous men in the world. And if you'll watch yourself, if you'll remember where the Lord has brought you in your life, you are among the top 20 among all your friends. I mean, really, you are. The Lord, because He's blessing you tremendously, you know, people really like you. But anyway, we know that's so. I have selected a homeland for my people from which they will never have to move. It will be their own land. Now He's talking about your home and your house. I mean, all this hocus pocus, we never know what's going to happen in our world's going to... No, look at this. It will be their own land where the heathen nations won't bother them as they did when the judges ruled my people. That was Samson and Gideon and all those people. The nation was going down the tubes during those times. There will be no more wars against you and your descendants shall rule this land from generations to come. When you die, I will put one of your sons upon your throne and I will make his kingdom strong. Now I want to remind you that Moses taught the people of Israel and said, Listen, if you will love the Lord, the Lord will take care of your descendants for a thousand generations. Man, don't worry about your kids. You just love the Lord. Know that God promises to protect your kids. And then God also turned it around and said, Now if you don't love the Lord, you can expect things to go south for your kids. So, hey. I'm going to serve the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay. All right. So he said, I'll put one of your sons on your throne. I'll make his kingdom strong. He is the one who shall build me a temple. Actually referring to Solomon. And I will continue his kingdom in eternity. I will be his father. He shall be my son. And he says, if he goofs up, don't worry about it. He says, I'll use other nations to punish him, but my love and kindness shall not leave him as I took it from Saul, your predecessor. Your family shall rule my kingdom forever. Now look what, so Nathan went back and he told, you know, Nathan, that's a good name. Nathan went to go see this guy, David. 
told him everything the Lord said. David packed up, you know, he went into the tabernacle. He walks in there and he's like going into a church by himself privately. He sat down before the Lord and prayed, Oh Lord, why have you showered your blessings on such an insignificant person as I am? He's like us. I mean, really, David's king and he was, he, he, he felt like I'm just a worm. And now, in addition to everything else, you speak of giving me an eternal dynasty. Now, I don't know of any man or woman that's listening to me now that doesn't want good things for your kids. Look at this. He's going to take... Look, such generosity is far beyond any human standard. Oh, Lord God, what can I say? For you know what I'm like. Oh, yeah, God knows all of us. Maybe you're not going to charm the Lord because you're such a perfect, perfect little Christian. Verse 21, you are doing these things just because you promised and because you want to. Praise the Lord. Look at this. How great you are. We're about done with this chapter. How great you are, Lord. We have never heard of any other God like you. In fact, there is no other God, of course. What other nation in all the earth has received such blessings as Israel? Remember... uh, Balak said, I wish I could die a happy Israelite. <laughs> he knew the blessings, though. Remember, Ruth came back to Israel, or Naomi and Ruth came back because they knew the blessings were with uh, the Lord. You have rescued your chosen nation in order to bring glory to your name. You have done great miracles to destroy Egypt and its gods. You chose, uh, almost done, look at this. You chose Israel to be your people forever, and you became our God. That's referring to us today. And now, O Lord God, look at this. Do as you have promised concerning me and my family. Boy, wouldn't that be a thing to do? That's just like what Phil was talking about. All of us were talking about, you know. Lord, just do what you said you'd do. I need your help. And look what he says here. And may you be eternally honored when you have established Israel as your people and have established my dynasty before you. For you have revealed to me, O Lord God of Israel, that I am the first of a dynasty which shall rule your people forever. That's why I've been bold enough to pray this prayer, look at this, of acceptance. In other words, I'll take what you have to offer me, Lord. You, look at this, last verse. For you are indeed, well, almost last two verses. You are indeed God, and your words are true, and you have promised me these good things. That's the reason the scriptures are so important. Take time to read the Bible. And look at this. So do as you've promised. Bless me and my family forever. May our dynasty continue on before you, for you, Lord God, have promised it. Now, all he did was use his faith. He just said, Lord, okay, you said you're going to bless me? Well, then bless me. Well, and we got the details. I do not need to know the details of this David family. But wait a minute. These details of this David family are mine today. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, by your strength we're healed. We thank you that uh, if we're not feeling good, you'll take care of that. And if financially we're not feeling good, you'll take care of that. Praise the Lord. And if there's some other problem that hadn't got anything to do with money, hadn't got anything to do with the way we feel in our body, it's just some heartache we've got going on, you will fix that. And so, Lord, that didn't leave anything left. But as David said, we're going to just praise your name forever because you're going to take care of everything. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, all right. Praise the Lord.